It's shooting the shit with Trigger Mike and Hoodlum. Anyway, uh, uh, before the podcast starting jokes aside, uh, welcome back. This is, oh crap, I didn't even look at what episode. Do you remember what episode we're on, Mike? I don't, but it's another episode of Shoot <laughs> Another the episode. Shit. I'm I'm just trying to figure out what episode we are on. Uh, shooting the shit episode 14. Uh, last time we did Russia versus Ukraine. So this time we're going to do uh, personal stuff. Uh, we're going to go over some of the builds that we've got going on uh, currently. Uh, we're going to go over... Um, oh, uh, we're going to go over why we train uh, and why we do what we do. Cause Mike forgets to send this stuff to me in, in emails. Uh, and then um, we're kind of wrap it up with our thoughts based on what's going on right now. And then uh, do a little bit of what's going on in the world as we know it. I don't know a whole lot. So I'm hoping Mike can educate us. So Mike, start us out. What, um, what have you got going on recently for some of your pistol builds? So pistol build wise, what's up everybody. Trigger Mike here. Um, you know, I did my, you know, I haven't done any builds since my big, um, uh, what do you call it, PMM comp build on my P320. So that thing looks really nice. I got Lakeside Gripworks to do the Drago, the nice little, you know, dragon scale uh, grip. What is it called? Stippling on my grip. So that looked really nice. I don't know this dumb dance you're doing, but you need to stop. <laughs> if anybody can see this dance he's doing, it's horrific. It looks like the Mario, the, that song. <laughs> on Mario when in between worlds when it's dancing. Chill with that. <laughs> All right, I'll you stop. Can see yourself. But no, that build is incomparable, man. I mean, the grip. So first off, the thing is never leaving your hand. It digs in a lot. And you know, that's a tungsten infused grip, so it's hella hard to stipple. So he really dug in there to get that stippling, you know, really gravy the way i wanted it so i mean that's my best gun like now i've put enough rounds to it to wear that spring down so you know doesn't fail no stove pipes really so you know running that's your running. that's your current 320 build correct the one you've been running for a while uh yeah well you know i've i've had different configurations so yeah, I, I know. I feel like every week your gun changes. So yeah, so I mean, I've even had the same slide on it, but remember the optic was behind. I'm sorry, the optic was in front of the rear sight, and then all of a sudden in their clearance section they had a blem with the optic behind the rear sight, and I was like, oh, I gotta have it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I mean, that's the last change. It's not going to change anymore. That gun is is done. Now that it's stippled, it's done. Are so, you going to go get the Radian, uh, the Radian afterburner comps? The Radian barrel and afterburner comps? I have no idea what you're talking about. Please enlighten me. Okay, so Radian made a comp and barrel combo that go hand in hand. And it literally, the comp goes on at like a 45 degree angle. And then um, it has one little set screw. And apparently these dudes are running like high round counts, like six, seven, 8,000 rounds through these afterburner comps. And they are like, they're not moving. Oh, so yeah, yeah. In fact, I, now that I see it, I've seen this before. Um, but the afterburner is for Glock. They make, they're making one for a, a 320. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. So that's why I thought you would want to know. I didn't know. Uh, so thank you for giving me another thing to obsess about. I wasn't really planning. On. <laughs> Jeez, man, what's wrong with you? How's your, how's your uh, 12, five going? Oh, how are your suppressors doing? Have you been digging your suppressors? Uh, so I have one, I mean, uh, two more are probably going to get purchased here before the tax stamp expiration date. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're working, so I'm going to get, so right now I have the turbo K by YHM on my 125 mm -hmm. I'm going to get a T2. This the full size version flowing here just to swap those out. Those things are relatively inexpensive, especially when you have an SOT. It's just like, mm -hmm. hmm, what should I buy today? This week just got paid. Mm, let me grab another suppressor. <laughs> yeah. And a YHM is always like no money at all. Right. So, but yeah. it's, it's an excellent. So here's the thing. Not only is it super durable, not only does it beat out a suppressor, most of the suppressors is twice, twice its price. It's quieter. It's weird. It's like the turbo K. The K takes off the just takes the edge off, right? Yeah. So, but the T2, I've shot that numerous times. Um, 
And that is quieter than, I mean, name. It's not even as long as like, hey, most of the dead air stuff, but it's quieter. I don't get well, it. Well, here's, let me, let me tell you how I look at suppressors. I don't think suppressors as quiet. I think of suppressors as doling the noise. Yeah. Like a lot of people are like, oh no, if I'm going to buy a suppressor, I want my gun to be like movie quiet. And I'm like, sure. If you want to go buy the Sandman L yeah. that's 19 feet long and you want to slap that on the end of your gun by all means you do you man but at the end of the day i'm like i'm looking at all the k cans like i want a sandman k on a turbo k i want um i want that three baffle that jacob chow has like i i just want small stuff like i don't need these giant things like i'm running a 12.5 if i put a long can on there there what's the point of running a 12.5 yeah. Um, if I'm, if I'm going to run a 16 inch gun, why the, or a 14, five inch, why do I want a Sandman S on there? I'm not looking for quiet. I'm looking for reliable, dependable, the least amount of gas in my face. Cause I shoot left-handed and I want, I want, I want lightweight, compact stuff. I don't need, I don't need heavy shit. Like when you built your race gun and it weighed, you know, half the moon's weight. Like I was like, yeah, it's heavy, <laughs> but I, I know there's a purpose behind it, but, but none of those purposes suit what I am going to use a gun for. I'm going to use a gun for self-defense. And if the need be, I'm going to use a gun to defend my home against the people, you know, we who shall not be named in Minecraft. Um, but I'm going to use my weapons for that. I don't need, I don't need suppressors that are 12 feet long. I, need, I just need suppressors that are not going to make me concussed after a couple rounds. Um, that makes sense. Um, and the, what I really like to go back to that YHM is that that T2 is only a little bit longer than the K and yeah, it takes that bark off, but I like the tone. So I really like when people explain it like that is that you want a suppressor that has a certain tone at your ear. So Mm -hmm. some of them are quieter for the, nobody ever really should understand, or should I say, no one should ever really take into consideration what the person being shot at is going to hear. Fuck their hearing. No, no. <laughs> so that sound at the ear, at your ear, how quiet is, is it? So that, you know, I really like the YHM Turbo Series for that. So I'm just going to grab another one of those. They're full-size one. I'm also going to put Reardon mounts on them because now they're starting to become in, in stock a lot more often. So um, that's that's my thing, though, about, about suppressors, too, is I am not one who like like off roster handguns like chow uh he loves really quiet stuff like he's he's building that nine inch 300 blackout he's he's got that um those that pistol can that he wants to play around with like all that stuff like he loves those quiet like well gassed guns first of all i could give a shit if it's just a little bit over gas if it's atrociously over gas like my fax and barrel then yes that, then we have a problem but mm-hmm. if it's just a little bit over gas i'm not going to have an issue i like the short cans because they don't they don't burn my arm if i have my arm exposed like with the salmon s i get too much back pressure through that can that it, it literally scars up my arm i still to this day have scars on the inside of my arm yeah. from those damn sandman cans that's the that's the worst part about being left-handed is is when you're putting a ton of rounds down range You've got to worry about that shit coming back and burning the fuck out of your arm. Absolutely. So what about um, you? I mean, other than the P320, um, I have guns in the pipeline that I'm buying from friends. That's it. So, yeah. oh, you know what? There's something else that I I actually stumbled upon. So I am buying Chow's um, MPX 8-inch. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that because the 8-inch is discontinued. Um, but on another note... Th- I'm indifferent. They have a new Scorpion that's supposed to be coming out this month. Really? It's called the Evo 3 Plus, I believe. Hmm. So it has that nice imprinting on it, like the CZ Bren. You seen that? Mm-hmm. So yeah, they did all that imprinting on the Magwell area. They changed a few things. They, you know, instead of making it a bolt release paddle, it's like a button now. But what... um. What did you change on that? You got rid of the Geisley rail. Go ahead, walk me through it. So got rid of the Geisley rail, put on the Midwest Industries Night Fighter rail. Um, and then uh, before I put on the Midwest Industries Night Fighter rail, I went out and I got some Brownells Alumahide 2. And I didn't think it would be quite like Cerakote. Uh, and they do not recommend that you bake it like they don't they don't well they don't recommend it because it's not it's technically not needed, but for it to cure, for this to cure, yep. it takes like 20 days. Really? Yes. 
So what I ended up doing was throwing it in the oven at 250 for three hours and it came out and it's, it's about as hard as Cerakote on here. Wow. That's crazy. So walk me through that. How do you bake it? Do, do you just, do you lay it on something like a rack or do you? I got a coat hanger and, and molded just, it to my, to the rack. I put the rack all the way up top and then I yeah, ran a coat hanger thought. through the center and then I let it, I just let it, I let it hang and I let it, let it bake. Dude, uh, blow up his house to paint his damn hammer. <laughs> no, it, dude, it, honestly, like people are like, oh, it's going to stink up your house. And my oven must just have amazing ventilation because my house didn't smell at all. And in, and in two hours, I, I put, I put it in there for two and a half hours at, yeah. at, uh, 250 three hours three hours at 250 and i just let it sit and it's been really good not a lot of of mess ups or anything like that it actually makes me want to paint the upper receiver now that's um, to like, match hey, the rail well go ahead and go and get everything done yeah but i'm waiting for my 139 to come back before i disassemble this because this is my home defense gun um so when my 139 comes back it should be back in the next week or so um they should be shipping it out this week this upcoming week um, when that 13.9 comes back, then I will be, um, I will be taking the upper receiver off this so I can, I can, I can spray it. Um, and I'm, I definitely just want to try it see what it does. Um, because honestly, the, I didn't think the Illumahide would be that good, but it is that good. So, um, I will, I will keep checking it out and, and I'll let you know if anything changes. I mean, I will kind of abuse this rail a little bit, but I went away from the Geisley, um, Mark four fed rail. Um, because I just didn't like it. It was too bulky. I mean, it was way too bulky. That was a big ass rail on this gun. It was like holding a horse dick in your hand. Um, I wouldn't I just... know. <laughs> shit right there. Oh my God. A horse dick, really? <laughs> well, you're a black man. You have a horse dick. Um... This is true. <laughs> uh, uh, any girl I mess with in past be like, no, no, no. <laughs> Shut I up. had horse before. <laughs> Not it. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I've been digging this a whole lot and I can't wait to do some more just fun testing with it. Um, it's pretty dope. I like, I like a lot of the, go ahead and uh, give us the name of that stuff. I saw you post the can. Yeah. Brownells, Brownells Alumahide. So A L U M A dash H Y D E. And then, and then two I's. So number two. Yeah, so I'm gonna get some stencils and I'm probably gonna put a some green on my 12.5 at some point. So I, I'm just really lazy about disassembling things. <laughs> you you don't have to disassemble everything, but you will have to disassemble it. Like if you want to bake it, because you don't want to put your barrel in the oven. Not stress relief. I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. So like I think I think barrels can naturally take a couple hundred degrees, no problem. But um I'm not gonna, you know, I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't do that if you want to do it by all means, but no, I think I mean, it's so easy to take off a handguard. So I'm not even talking about the handguard itself. I mean, um, when I take off the lower and upper receiver, uh, you can't, can you paint it with all of the parts in it? You can, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it either. I would <laughs> I like, know. well, what I would, what I would do honestly is I would, I would have the lower assembled and tape off like whatever you don't want to, whatever you don't want, take out all your small parts here and do all that. And then um, just kind of fill the holes in with stuff. And then what I would do is bake the lower and then spray the upper and then bake that too. Like that's what, that's how I would do it. I would just take all the small parts out of there and take out like my bulkier group and just tape off all the holes. I didn't want to get painted. Like that's honestly how I would do it. I I would just paint the whole damn thing. Yeah. Some people do that. I know that some people just don't disassemble them and they paint the whole thing anyway. And that's cool too. If that's how you want. No, to no. I mean, I'm going to disassemble it and just paint the whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, let me know and I'll help you do it. Um, but yeah. And then yeah. I got some 55 green, um, uh, boat tail hollow point match, uh, the Sierra bullets. I've got 40 rounds of that. I'm going to go do some accuracy testing. And then I got some Sierra gold medal, um, uh, gold medal match king uh they are two two three loads they're 69 gram i got some of those i'm gonna do some some ammo accuracy testing i've got some weird stuff i just want to see what shoots pretty good through my 12.5 and see what i can do there and then nice so i have so other than child's mpx that i'm gonna buy somebody's trying to sell me a staccato so i might, I might be getting a staccato p here soon that's not the optics ready version right 
It is. It's well, the duo. It is the optics ready. I don't. I wouldn't buy a staccato without the optics ready at this point. Yeah, I don't understand who who would, but there are weird people out there who are like, no, I don't want an optics ready handgun. I think if you make a handgun in 2022 and you don't make it optics ready, you're a failure to your company. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, if you're not going to do that and make people go out and risk, you know, voiding warranties to go get your stuff milled, you're just an asshole at this point. Yeah. I mean, but that's honestly why I bought the Smith & Wesson. You know, the Smith & Wesson was one of the first original optics ready guns that came out like and had everything with it. Um, there's a lot of optics ready guns now that have all the stuff with them, but they don't have, Wait, not the they don't have any got. of them. Yeah. The MP 2.0. Yeah. No, they, they were late to the game in my opinion. With all the plates, with all the plates. I mean, Delta point. Yeah. All yeah. that like okay, comes with all that. the plates. I like it came, that. it came with everything for you to well, kind they, of. They were late to the game as far as, cause you know, the, they had the regular version. So the OR didn't come out for, years so you would have to go get the core version if you wanted optics ready so they just made that core version standard that's why i'm like what but you're right it's pretty much the best as far as um getting all those plates in there i did like the 509 for that though the fn 509 was probably didn't it, didn't it only come with mm-hmm. one plate no their optics mounting system is proprietary it's awesome so oh, okay it's like a, it's like two plates. So it's a plate for the, those little hooks. What do they call the studs that stick up? Yeah. So you change, you can change those. Those are interchangeable. And then the actual mounting plate is interchangeable. Oh, okay. That's not so bad. It really holds it in place. I mean, you've heard a lot of people say it's the best mounting system, proprietary mounting system. Sage Dynamics thinks it, that's the best one. Um, yeah, a bunch of other people so you know i had a 509 like this time last year i i like the 509 i had a 509 when i worked at brinks and that, that gun saved my life a couple times so um i'm not gonna not gonna knock the 509 the 509 was awesome i did wish that it um when i went to buy the smith and wesson it was literally between that and the 509 but the 509 i wanted wasn't optics ready so i went with the smith and wesson um and I wish I would have got the 509 compact uh, because that's, to be honest, that's the gun I want. I just want it optics ready. And they didn't have it in anything but tan at the time. And I didn't want it in tan. Um, mm. Like, I don't like, I don't mind my holster being bright, but I don't want, I don't like FDE guns that much. Like I'm not an FDE person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, I like OD green the best. If they made that gun in OD green tomorrow, I would buy it. What, like, 509? <laughs> yeah. They make it in OD green. They do? It's just not. I saw it on Big Daddy Unlimited in a few different runs. So Lord knows if it was actually like, you know. What? Like a random mass production build or just something they were making? Yeah, they, they weren't making it in mass production because I remember seeing this, seeing it in a limited run of OD Green um, and it being like $400 above normal price. So. Yikes. Yeah, I wasn't about to fucking do that. I did. I do want a CZ um, P07 though. Like, I would like a, a P07 optics ready. I think that would be a good, good little handgun half. Oh, okay. Yeah. CZs are like the hipster handguns. Like, only hipsters carry them. You know. So I feel like no. I think I think a lot of it may be a few hipsters in there, but I do think a lot of uh, they're a cult. CZ has its own cult. I'm a part of that cult. I just don't own one yet. And I think, you know, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of Asians like CZ. Yeah, yeah. Well, you fucking Chow has like 12 of them. Yeah, for some reason, when I go shoot, you know, you went to one of those matches, the Asian guys have Canics or CZs. It's like weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty interesting. And I, I, I have a tendency to... I like the CZs. I like the metal frame CZs. I don't like the P10C... Or the P10F, just because I didn't, I didn't want another polymer framed handgun. Yeah. I do like them in the sense that they work really well and they're really good. But if I was going to buy a CZ, I'd want a metal frame handgun. I think the P07 is probably the only polymer frame one they make that's hammer fired. No, 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 it's not. It's not polymer framed. It's metal framed. I could be wrong. The internet will correct me at some point. Um, but I do like the P07. It's got a nice weight to it. It's 
it's not super snappy. It's very good, lightweight. Um, yeah. So after that guy stood me up for a trade for the Shadow Systems uh-huh. BR920, I've been thinking a lot about just getting one, but I'm going to let these other things come down the pipeline first. So first the MPX, then I'll cop this Takato P. And so I can get it either way. So if I buy it from my buddy, he usually gives me stuff at a really steep discount. He has a plate. He bought the plate for the Holosun 509T, but I hate that optic. Um, I mean, it's just ugly. That's such a bad thing. People are like, oh, aesthetics don't matter. They matter to me. Okay. That thing is ugly. Um, yeah. I'd rather have the, what is it? Steiner is looks okay or the acro. Ugh. I would take the acro over the damn. I love the acro. The acro looks beautiful to me. The P2 is actually a little, looks a little better. It's a little, a little slimmer. They try to shave a little, you know, give it a little better ergonomic. Like well, this. I've given up on the acro. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with the EOTech, the new EOTech pistol optic that's going to come out. I, I know it's not going to win like some military contracts for that. Uh, well, probably. I mean, but that the, uh, 30,000 hours coming in sub $400 for that optic. I mean, that's not, that's not we, bad. Yeah. We talked about it in a previous episode. They have to, if you're going to compete with hollow sun at this point, hollow sun is killing the game when it comes to uh, l- let's say consumer reliable optics, because if you are, I, I get it. If you're uh, somebody who's running your gun, heavy duty in the sand, dirt, dirt, and you have a problem with hollow sun optics, fine. Fine, fine. If you are a regular consumer, there is not shit you could say about Hollow Sun Optic. Uh, I, I would consider myself a regular consumer, but I think my job makes me a little different. Like because I, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but I carry every single day at work. Yeah. So at work, I'm usually like in the dead of summer, I'm sweating my balls off because it's, you know, it's humid as shit out here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's so I've had, I've literally taken my gun out and had pools of sweat come out of where the optic is well that's that's your fault chief <laughs> i'm sorry 90 degrees you go work on an atm sir let's see how you <laughs> I mean, we we both we're both prior military so i've done shit in really hot weather you know that but, yeah um, no. no so so that's an interesting thing you just said too so the way i've been thinking about it um i was gonna buy a new carry gun but that's i told you i was just about to order from primary arms the grip module. I just decided to take my X carry because I'm not using it primarily. Like every time I'm deciding to go run a gun, I'm running my comp gun. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to take the slide off of that, put the FCU in the little one and carry that until, you know, I don't want to, or I'm doing something where I can't run a comp gun and just switch it back to the carry configuration. Full size mm-hmm. configuration is in now. So yeah. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, is that that's the exact thing that I thought. Like, hey, the optic on that gun when I'm carrying appendix, because I decided not to carry my carry gun won't have an optic anymore. You know, when I was carrying it before, I, I just decided not to. Yeah, just, I was like, nope. Uh, night sights are good. I mean, think about it for the mission. If I'm going to discharge my weapon, it's going to be an extremely close range situation. So. Mm-hmm you won't one thing i won't use the optic because you know you most likely won't aim the gun you'll be point shooting if you do shoot somebody at close range like that and if you have to use an optic to be able to hit that person you damn sure are going to jail because you shouldn't have shot in the first place so in your case your gun is your carry gun is your all-purpose gun so i get it but for me that's why i'm saying normal everyday consumers shouldn't worry about putting an optic on their carry gun they shouldn't worry about putting an optic on your carry gun, but you should put a good optic on your carry gun. If you're going to put one, absolutely. And that's kind of why like, I'm, I'm kind of stepping back from the hollow sun because I'm starting to see flaws in it right now. Um, I you did lose flaws z- in everything. But I did lose zero on my optic. Well, that's happened to me a few times, but um, I've never blamed the optic. What have you blamed? Um Happened to me on my 509, and then my screw was loose. Nope, my screws haven't moved at all. Mine. Um, well, yeah, if it's if it's a true lost zero because of the dials, I've never lost zero. I've actually taken my optic off, and I've and you know I tinker like you say I tinker with all of my guns, change the slides, yada yada. I've actually taken it off from one. Well, that's pretty funny because it was the exact same. Um 
brand and everything. I put it mm-hmm. on another gun and haven't lost zero. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it's a singular situation, but shout out to Hollow Sun for their excellent customer service. And I don't even know if it's actually customer service or the fact that they're just making so much money right now that they are they don't want to argue with anyone. And they they didn't even make me send them a receipt. <laughs> they, they, usually, like, they didn't they didn't ask me for that either i didn't even send in the stuff that they asked for the email like they said i didn't read that it said send a picture where did you buy it from send a receipt or no. i just sent the picture and they just sent out the the uh base that i needed whatever part that i needed then when they come back i was like oh the screw stripped like i didn't even put any torque pressure on it and i was just going around in circles trying to tighten down the last screw and i was like this is for my competition gun this is this is unacceptable I'm going to lose zero at some point, or it's just going to start give me a, like a bunch of <laughs> ringing noises. And they were like, okay, send the optic back. I was like, Oh shit, man. And I, and look, I'm so used to buying things and rebuying and rebuying. I put another one in my cart, not knowing, not even thinking that, Oh, people have really good warranties. Yeah, because you you called me what last week and you asked me about the warranty for that, and I thought it was pretty good. So uh, I've had my gold dot has gone back to Hollow Sun. I can't remember how many times now, but both times like I'm like, hey, this is a factory replacement. You guys are the last ones to send it to me. They asked for my serial number. I sent them my serial number, and then and then literally they would send me a new optic. Um, I would I would they would give me it. They would send me a return label and honestly what i think happens is holosun just checks that you ship that back yeah. and i think they ship it automatically because i i sent it out on monday and by saturday i had a new a new optic no they're getting it they sent it out like first class mail oh you know you're right so maybe they just get it same day but that processing was super fast man so if you're gonna buy something for holosun like i had a guy um for his birthday as you saw me put the picture up this weekend uh, he called me to tell me he was going to transfer me something to my FFL. I was like, hey, saw you on Gunbroker. I'm going to transfer you something. I was like, cool. So I, I completely stole the sale. So this is a, a funny-ass story I forgot I was going to tell on the podcast. So a dude that I know was like, you know, I'm sorry, that I've met, was like, hey, everyone, you know, I mean, he calls me. He's like, I'm going to transfer something to you. And I was like, okay, what is it? What should I be looking out for? It's a Smith & Wesson M&P rifle. And I said, can you send me a picture of it? And the reason why I intervened was because he was basically saying, oh, man, it's tricked out. I'm so excited. This is my birthday gift to myself. And I'm like, have you shot before, man? Like, I just started asking him real questions. Like, why are you excited about a Smith & Wesson M&P rifle? <laughs> He's like, no, it comes with the optic on it. It comes with a bipod and this, that, and third. I said, can you tell me the, the model number and so I can look up the listing, man, that thing had a Chinese optic. On <laughs> Whoever was selling it on Gunbroker put a bunch of BS on there. And well, that's like, normally what they do. I said, and you know, I'm a dealer myself. So I said, look, man, oh, he was a former Marine. He had shared that. I said, the issue with M&Ps is that the reason they sell so well is because they are M4 variants that you want to shoot something like you shot in the military. He's like, damn right. I was like, that's not what people are doing nowadays. So I was like, I consider myself a real shooter. I was like, can I give you some advice? If you showed up to me like, hey, guys, I'm trying to shoot with you. And we all put our guns on the table. And you see the gear that we're running. You would feel like an ass putting your gun down on that same table. And he was like, oh, man, for real? I was like, absolutely. And then they wanted a thousand bucks. Like, ladies and gentlemen, I just want you all to know. Mike knows this exact feeling because he'd show up Shut to the range up. and he would have his fucking O light on it's his rifle. Just, no, no. So, so don't make it seem like it was all my gear. It was just the light. Jeez, y'all so critical about this O light stuff. Yo, I'm gonna kick you swift. Man, I, I am a flashlight nerd. Am, I'm a flashlight nerd. Swift in the balls. And no, he, dude, even, have, he even has O lights. Oh, yeah, well, tell him, tell him that he's a moron, and this is proof Marines are dumb. So, no, but I got him. I got him right. I said, "Look, man, uh, give me that thousand bucks. I will kit you out a good rifle." And, and I, I looked at what was on it. I was like, "I could put every single thing." I was like, well, "Give me your max," and he was like, 1300 bucks." I was like, "Man, I'll kit that thing out for you better than that." 
why didn't you come to me? What do you mean? I could build him. I could build him base rifle, and you can still have five hundred bucks left over for the optic. I'm I'm a dealer. What the? Hell? I wasn't gonna spend thirteen hundred. I spent. I got him what <laughs> he wanted for a thousand, and I kept three hundred. What's wrong with you? He could have had three hundred left over for a decent optic, at least. But I do this for money. No, no. I got him. Um, he basically. I sent him a picture of us shooting when we went out that one time. So I told. I got him the HM3X. Hollow Sun, the stuff I used to run. You've seen all my stuff before. Um, so yeah, he had a 403 Hollow Sun red. I got dot. two of those. I got two yeah, of those. Yeah, he has the 403. Got him the HM3X on the standard mount. I got him a Magpul rail section in the front and then a bipod for the front. Okay. Um, yeah. So why know, did he want a bipod? Oh, I, I got him a um Zion, a IWI Zion. Oh, okay. So I told yeah, him, I was like, look, know. man, this is 2020. I was like, I wasn't gonna set you up. I was gonna get him a radical firearms. But then I, when he when he told me he wants to run what I run, that's when I was like, okay, well I'll spend a little more on that. Radicals not bad; they just support. They're the not bad. They're so not bad. So I don't support the, the them. The thing too is that I'm sorry. Why don't you support them? Would you say they support the government? They also supply oh, yeah, arms right. to the secret. No, I was going to say so. I was going to get them a mid range. That's like radical used to suck, and now they're mid range. But I was like, you know what? If I can get a decent price, look at my wholesalers. If so, my wholesalers, if I can get a good deal on the Zion. I'm going to get you the Zion, that one 2020 AR-15 of the year. So now you're in good, you know what I mean? Don't have to yeah, for everything anything. For everything you get on a Zion, if you're not willing to spend a boatload of money on um, on a gun, you don't want, if you don't want to spend. Want a Daniel, if you are looking at a Daniel Defense and, you, and you, you're not particularly sold on their proprietary like furniture and their grip and stuff like that, if you're not sold on that, and you're looking or at a Daniel Defense or a Geisley or a Sons of Liberty Gunworks, and you just heard that they're good rifles and you're looking for something to spend under a thousand bucks on, grab an IWI Zion. <laughs> well, see, but, but I'm not I'm not saying this as anything bad. So anybody who's listening to this podcast, the IWI Zion is my minimum entry level AR. I like the MP Sporters, like the MP Sport 2. Like that's a decent rifle. It's decent, yeah. but I think so it I costs that. I think it costs too much for what you get. You get almost everything in the in the Zion that you would get in an MP 2.0. Then you have money to drop on optics, bipod, light, all I, the other shit that you well, need. You gotta understand too that they put A2 products all on the MPs. So I told him, I said the MP 2.0 is not the bad rifle. I said the issue is that you're buying it in the configuration that you will not want to. I said, so he bought it like it was like the standard M4 looking one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, well, dude, I have a front put, site post. Exactly. Front front site post, post all there. that. I was like, man, nobody's running stuff that looks like that anymore. If you put what a front you? site, no, have but you, you, not? Are, you list for two. <laughs> if, if, I said, if you're going to run a front sight post let's just say it's going to be in an interrupted rail system i was like you're, you're going to need those m lock slots you're going to need all that so i was like you're you don't have any of that if you want to run a light you're screwed you're gonna have to yeah. like, like do it old school so I, so he, i taught him i told him what m lock is and that's how why i had to send him a picture of my zion like he like oh man look at this thing i was like yeah you wouldn't be able to do that on that, <laughs> on that <laughs> mp let me help you out mp is like what well, they actually took up the price i remember looking at one Way back yeah, in the used to, when they, they used sold, to be six ninety nine. Yeah, now they're like seven something. I was like, a Zion is eight twenty eight. Yeah, sometimes seven ninety nine. Yeah, please. I think I well, well, the M and P Sport Two is a good entry level rifle, just like the IWI Zion, the the Z fifteen, either in the twelve five or the whatever the other one is. Mm-hmm. I think they're both fantastic guns. Uh, and I I really like them, but if you're going to go up from there, I there's you know Sons of Liberty Gunworks is a good first step to take. I'm not going to say Geisley, um, but it's it's it has nothing to do with Geisley as the company. I think that Geisley is more of a boutique firearm manufacturer mm-hmm. than like than anything else. Although I am looking forward to their Chrome Hammer, their Cold Hammer Forge barrels that are coming out. I'm I might buy one in 14.5 and run that for a while. Uh, but I do think that, um, you know, Daniel Defense, 
um, BCM, eh, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. Both of those, both of those are good options for um, your second gun. I think your first gun should always be a beater. Like it should always be the one that you're gonna throw around and beat up. Uh, yeah. And that's and that's, but that's all my guns. I mean, all my guns I throw around and beat up. <laughs> and like you I know my shit's my not cheap. Five, yeah. You know my shit's not cheap, but I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't skimp on on shit that I need. Like if I have, if I need a light, I'm gonna buy a good light. If I need a uh, optic, I'm gonna buy a pretty decent optic. I think Holosun is the minimum standard of an optic, and we need to be going up from there. I have an Aimpoint Pro on its way right now. I have a Comp M5. I definitely want to try some other optics and go into some more stuff. But I think that the minimum standard on optics, like for your first gun, definitely a Holosun. But make sure you're willing to step up your game when it comes to more shit in the future oh yeah step up your game so that's just me i know i know people are gonna be like man you can't say that (laughs) (laughs) all right so moving on to the next topic why do we train so let me give a little preface here let me you know give some backstory so one of the interesting things is that i've taken guns really seriously in the last couple of years and while i was you know doing all of this a lot of people that knew me before you know i'm um i'm not your typical i mean no i wouldn't even say that so i am prior military but i do work in the healthcare professions so you know a lot of the things that i've done professionally have been you know really like academic stuff right so all of a sudden people look at my instagram oh my god this guy's shooting guns he has all these guns he's outside he's doing all this militant stuff so every once in a while when i started that really heavy a couple of years ago people were all of my DMs asking me a bunch of questions. Why are you so into guns? What yada yada? Just, you know, a lot of democratic type <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. Like, are you training for the apocalypse or what do you know? What kind of, you know, thing is this? Guns or this, guns or that? And I was like, okay, well, I never understood it that way. So my thing is, and my reason for it is that, and maybe this is why I've, I've lived other places than America. I lived in Nigeria for a time, right? And some of those, it's a, it was such a small time in my life, but it was very meaningful in the way that I got to see how the other half live. In fact, it's not even the other half. That's how most people live in the world. You know what I mean? There, it, we are some spoon-fed mugs here oh, in America. I will, I will just briefly interject. When I was in Chad, that mm-hmm. was that was one of that was uh, an eye-opening experience for me. Um, you know, that was honestly one of the most interesting aspects is I'd never been to Africa before that. Um, and then going to Chad and, uh, doing that. I mean, it was a desert, but those, those people are a hearty fucking people. Um, they do have a, they, I mean, it was a massive amount of culture shock to me. Um, just because they're, um, like shit doesn't, it's not, it's not petty. Like it is here. Like here you go to court for, things that you don't like over there, they just cut off each other's fucking hands. And like, if you live, then you, then you live. If you die, who, who gives a shit? Um, it, so it's, it's different over there. Uh, but I don't know how it is. You're, you're, you were from Nigeria, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, no, no there it's not, you know, not that bad. That is the most populous country in Africa. So it, it's like the New York city of Africa in many ways, but you know, it has its issues. But one of the things that I saw, you know, when you look at the tv and you look at the ukraine situation that is what i believe the world looks like at any given moment yes your country can be invaded you will be in a fighting situation especially if you're a man (laughs) you know so it's like when people are this is who you have to be i think the world is made it so you know we we act like in america especially like we can focus on other things and we're not dangerous anymore and that's something i've never been okay with all men need to be dangerous we need to be so dangerous that we make people think twice before they mess with us and when you look at us here everybody has twitter fingers now you know all in their phones mesmerized all on their oculus uh vr thing you don't even see where the hell you're going you're falling down your own stairs playing video games or you know twiddling your thumbs playing video games sitting in front of the tv you're supposed to be out training you're supposed to be out staying dangerous all the time so when people come here, people know not to come here. I personally believe it's people like me, it's people like Hoodlum and our buddies that putting out these videos and make people say, okay, maybe we'll think twice before fucking with the Americans because they're always training. 
They're not looking at y'all twiddling your goddamn thumbs playing Call of Duty with the Koreans at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. Saying that you're the dangerous one. Or they're looking at us <laughs> and looking at the amount of bullets we buy and the way we can shoot shit on point. We can shoot what while moving they're looking at that stuff saying okay maybe these aren't the people we want to fuck with and that is why we train yeah no definitely wholeheartedly i don't even think i really have much to add to that other than um the reason why i train is to be at a minimum level of confidence when shit hits the fan um i've been in those high stress situations now granted i've never i have never had to fire my firearm um in a sense of like getting in firefights or anything like that. Um, but I've been in situations where your lowest competency level in training takes over. Um, and I remember like calling in nine lines for people um, that were hurt and not getting it right because I didn't train enough on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that. And I remember that feeling horrible knowing that I could have gotten somebody seriously hurt because I couldn't do the right thing. Yeah. Um, so I remember, I remember what it was like to fail. And then I remember what it was like to know the training that I had is what got me through certain situations and different situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, um, combat lifesaver has helped me save a couple of friends of mine when, when they were hit with stuff and, and doing things like that. I remember that those are things that I remember. Those are very vivid memories that if it wasn't drilled into me as this is life or death, then it wasn't, then it wasn't going to be something that my 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 brain took seriously i took it seriously but i feel like if, if it if i didn't put it in life or death terms that it wasn't going to be good enough for me that's why when i train i train going my wife's behind me my daughter's behind me and i have to save them i have to make sure that they're not going to get hurt the only person who's going to get hurt here is me or the guy i'm shooting that's it like you will have to put a bullet in my brain for me to stop me. And that's really how that goes for me. And that's not trying to be like, cool guy, cool shit. No, like have a minimum standard that you're willing to train to and then train beyond it. Don't train to don't train until you get it right. Train until you can't get it wrong. Period. So that makes perfect sense. And I concur. So, I mean, you really hit the nail on the head when saying, and and you guys, you guys got to understand the listeners out there. We're not, we're not these typical God and country guys that act like they're going to smash bottles over their head. And while they're waiting for the enemy and they get hard ons trying to shoot stuff, we're not those guys. Like we're regular guys <laughs> with families and stuff. But when you look at it, you have to be, you have to have some sense to realize that this in the, in literally a day, those Ukrainians lives changed. Mm-hmm. Okay. I saw a video today of a bit toddler no more than three years old crying while his dad is fully kitted up helmet um mag i'm a mag carrier with the plate carrier everything yep. fully kitted up mom is about to head out of the country for them to stay with relatives and the boy just won't stop crying in a day that boy's life changed right so mm-hmm. it's like i always am at a heightened level of awareness that this could be our life tomorrow we could be sleeping and in houston they drop god forbid you know anything boom and now we're defending our own territory Mm-hmm. We won't even. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Won't even wait for the military. I'm going to tell you right now. If I ever have to put on my plate carrier again, people are dying. People I don't know are what... dying. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> if I got to put that heavy shit on, it hurts my back. I'm gonna have to stretch. You know, I'm gonna have to call in the chiropractor to give me an adjustment real quick. I'm, then I'm gonna put that on, and then we're going to go uh, shave some scalps, bro. Because for real, yeah, no, I will fucking lose my fucking mind if I got to put that damn thing back on. You know how heavy those plates are in there? Fucking heavy. Yes, I, I, I remember. Stupid. I was a doc, man. Do you understand that at, at some point I realized just how stupid this was for me to be carrying all this <laughs> medical gear and a plate carrier? And I was like, whose idea was this? <laughs> well, technically, you were a medic. You didn't actually have to carry a firearm. I did. I did. Well, when you were with the Marines, so it's weird. So people are always like, oh, you were a duck. You didn't have to do blank. It's like, no, no, no. You're a com. Well, they call us non-combatants, but in the in the actual in-country sense of it, you're you're you don't shoot first. That's really what non-combatant means. In yeah. that particular sense, or you don't. You're only shooting in defense. And well, everybody's really only shooting in defense. But 
you know, they're just looking at it like, doc, you got a job to do here. So don't stay shooting while we're telling you somebody's hurt and needs uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, medical care. So that's really what it is. But no, you train just like they train because you're an extra gun until somebody goes down. I remember, though, the the Afghani snipers, they were shooting at medics on purpose. Yeah, they were. Um, they So they tried to they tried some trickery. So I remember those uh, training days where they were saying um, you they were trying to, like, diversify the squad. So somebody else is carrying the med pack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they were picking off the docks because we were too good at our jobs, putting people back into the fight. Well, yeah, that was the that was the thing though. Is I remember I remember that specific thing. Like, if your job was something important, like I remember combat engineers and medics were guys who were consistently getting shot in the fucking head. Yeah. Like those dudes were, cons- and I mean, to be honest, it's pretty fucking smart. I mean, it's pretty smart. No, it's warfare, <laughs> man. You know, in warfare, it's pretty smart. It's kind of shitty, but it's pretty smart. <laughs> I mean, I feel I figure at some point technology is going to have to take over. I, by now, I feel like warfare, if you're going to talk about ground warfare. So I really thought we were done with ground warfare. But now we can see what's going on in Ukraine. And but it's really because they're not an advanced society. Now. Doesn't doesn't matter. And, and non-advanced. So look at Afghanistan. So ground warfare is inevitable due to one population having a higher level of technology than the other. Yeah. It will always result in ground warfare oh we were done with that shit and they are they are full they're holding court on the streets in the ukraine damn so it's like damn i mean did you see that did you see that ambush i saw it the other day dude that ambush gave me a hard on oh my okay uh send me the video send me the link okay i will send you it's oaf nation or whatever but they posted it up dude these three dudes with rpgs literally took out front and rear vehicle and then all they were doing is laying down cover and fire they were they were splattering russians brains across the concrete Damn. dude it made my dick hard <laughs> Damn. So, i saw that took out took out front and rear vehicle so lead vehicle, rear vehicle. maybe we were watching something different i watched uh it was one guy with one rpg walk past the tanks he must have already disabled the tanks because he just he was walking past them you know, then he walks past the actual turret. And I'm like, okay, they didn't blow his head off. So they must be down in there. And then he walks past the other one. And the third one behind it, he launches his RPG and takes that one out. I'll send you this video right now. And uh, then, you can so watch it later. This is actually going to be something to watch, though. The Chechen army is about to go in. Their dudes are about to go in. And aren't they, like, brutal? No. They're trained by the... They're trained by Spetsnaz. Um, so... Spetsnaz was who was originally that went in there um, to Ukraine. They got their fucking asses handed to them. Um, they're not a yeah. counterinsurgency. They're uh, like they're they're not counter like they're sending in the Syrians right now. The Syrians are about to get their asses kicked. Anytime you go to be an insurgent, you, anytime you're an insurgent, you're more likely going to win. I mean, there's no amount of technology that's going to help you in the sense of what we currently have that's going to help you beat an insurgency i mean you'd have to be ingrained in every citizen's life in order to understand where who like how they fight and what they're fighting and 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 doing that i mean if someone were to come here we know how to round up other americans to be like hey let's go hunt and kill the enemy where they're at because we can always go blend in wherever we are like if a bunch of fucking russians showed up they wouldn't blend in because they'd all be like "Ooh, russia like, you know, they'd always, they'd have some fucking weird accents, but if, if, if they came here and they were trying to fight us, they don't have the, as easily, they have the, like their secret people who do that shit, but as easily, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be as easy to infiltrate our ranks. It wouldn't be as easy to understand our culture. I mean, we do have a, a vast culture here. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of them. Um, and we all kind of mingle and get along. I mean, they wouldn't know what day-to-day life was like beforehand. So it's just, it's, it's a harder thing to do. It's like, it's like why we were doing so shitty in Iraq and Afghanistan was because we couldn't win over the hearts and minds of the people because we weren't their people. Like we weren't fighting for their people. You do, do you know what I mean? No, that makes perfect sense, man. It makes perfect sense. Um, I'm interested to see how it all plays out, though, because the one thing I do know is that the it seems as though the Russians or anybody they send in don't even have the will to fight themselves. Well, um, the only good Russians are dead Russians. So, 
<laughs> I, hope any, I hope you write <laughs> oh yes you and the u.s government <laughs> hey, doggy is not oh sorry my kid was singing who let the dogs out you heard me singing that earlier yeah no that was pretty funny um and then so what do you got um just just like random wise like what kind of tips do you have this week tips uh well yeah. it's getting warm folks so I didn't know until earlier that daylight savings time began. <laughs> so I was sitting here thinking it was six o'clock when it was seven, seven o'clock when it was eight. Um, <laughs> but obviously it's going to start getting warm out. So, you know, if you're not the person who's trained outdoors, I highly suggest it, you know, shooting at static targets and, you know, standing still, that's not, that's not how you get in the game. So, uh, check out my Instagram, which is heat underscore holders underscore HTX. I will have classes and stuff coming up. If you're in the Houston area, my handgun next steps class, we're going to go outdoors. I'm gonna start doing that one outdoors. Um, you know, get some, it's, it's always a different thing when you hear, like get some audible feedback that bing, 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 bing. <laughs> yeah. That'll get your blood flowing. So, you know, look forward to that type of stuff. Get out there, train that way, move mm-hmm. and shoot. Um, that's really the tips I got for everyone. It's like, it's getting warm, figure out something else to do than going in that range. And, and so all that led. <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. Remember the indoor range is to refine the skills. The outdoor range is to broaden your horizon of skills that you can use. Um, broaden your horizon, get out, shoot, move and communicate is what I like to do. Um, as you know, me, I mean, dude, I love doing drills where we're moving and we're running and we're doing things. We're getting the heart rate up because I want to be as in the worst situation possible when I have to pull that trigger to make that shot count. So definitely shoot and move. That's a good thing to do. Do it safely. Don't shoot your friends in the fucking face. Um, and understand that you have to know your foot movement and things like that. When you don't shoot your friends in the face is to take Mike's class first. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, you say that and then one of your students is going to shoot one of their friends in the face. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) I mean, listen, man, I'm the type of instructor and I guess other instructors would say this, but I can back my shit up. So you should listen. I'm the type of instructor that uses common sense tactics while I teach. So I'm the only person that I've ever heard say. So I heard someone tell me, um, well, stand behind your students when they shoot if they've never shot before. Then I'm like, I have 10 students. How am I supposed to stand behind everybody? This class will take forever if everybody's taking one shot, one shot, one shot. So I myself came up with the thing like, hey, I can kill three birds with one stone. I have people who've never shot a gun before, never loaded a mag before. If I get them to only load one round, the slide will lock back. Doesn't matter if they've accidentally pointed it at their face. There are no more rounds of the gun (laughs) to shoot themselves with. And then they get to practice loading the mag then inserting the mag, dropping the slide, right? Because I teach every time the slide moves forward in a semi-automatic weapon, you just chambered around. So I taught them that. They were like, oh, okay. So they get to see all those things in motion over and over and over and over again. So when they Mm -hmm. shoot, I know that, nope, nobody's about to get shot. Everybody's safe and clear. Of course, I'm going to go recheck that. But, you know, I I make those things up as I go because it's all common sense. It's like, Mm -hmm. how do I not lose my license? (laughs) yeah you know yeah how do i not yeah no it's good man i think you're you're honestly a great instructor to be honest i wish you would do a rifle class that i could totally be a part of because i'd love yeah, to help you would never be a part of my rifle class because you'd be helping me teach my rifle class what the hell do you think this is like no no i don't want to teach it with you i just want to go to it and, and run it whatever whatever standard thought. i don't know when you ever thought this was about anything that you wanted <laughs> help me teach my rifle class or so just put it full disclosure out there people don't like to talk about their i don't know what's words so i am i would call myself a master pistol shooter i am a ah what's the word you don't even want to say pro rifle pro pro master I'm not a novice. If you're a master pistol shooter, then I'm a master rifle shooter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's <laughs> the word. Because I'm more than proficient with a rifle. Right? Okay, so you're intermediate. I'm more, I'm more than intermediate. That's what I'm saying. Like if you get okay. a three-gun competition, you know, you I'm doing all of the, and you know, I'm using the weird part is that I'm using the, let's say, 
uspsa way to grade these things time mm-hmm. moving you can you know double tap on the move bing bing like you you know all that stuff that people would consider hard if they were even intermediate i can do mm-hmm. but it's like i'm in between that no yeah i'm a pro rifle i'm not a master rifle i'm a pro okay we'll just use um, that yeah I, I i will say that i i love being proficient with a rifle so that's that's my thing but i'm just more comfortable that's my that's my realm that i can live in um, yeah, yeah, i can't no, i would call you a master uh rifle shooter that's not an understatement at all so or an over i'm sorry an overstatement so yeah that's the way i am with the pistol i i literally think i could hit a target with my eyes closed at this point it's like the gun is a part of my own right hand right but mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it comes to rifle, you want, I definitely could teach a basics class, but no, I, I'd want, uh, a bit more guidance because I don't train as much on the rifle at all. Well, if you, if you, if you drop a curriculum, I can help you refine it and then we can, we can definitely. Hell yeah, we can do that. Uh, my problem is I'm not a good teacher, um, unless people so, have a weird thing about guns and teaching. Okay. So you know, my actual career is skills-based teaching. When you have skills-based teaching, we're not doing purely didactic. The good thing about weapons, like teaching weapons classes, outside of like the didactic curriculum is ugly, right? I have to teach that in the class and I've done that for a living. So it's nothing, but there are different parts for you to get involved in to mastery, right? So when it comes to actually helping put people put their hand on the gun and understanding the mechanics as to why we do things so fast, that's where your teaching prowess will come out. Right. Mm-hmm. So even the time where my, um, I couldn't get my dot to stop jumping up and down. And I completely forgot, like, yeah, I learned that in the military, but it was like only told to me one time. They're like, no, you were like, take it heel to toe, heel to toe. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like those type mm-hmm. of things that are instruction based, like, hey, do this, do that. And here's why I'm telling you. Yeah. Like people don't seem to understand like moving and shooting with a rifle. You're the suspension. Like think of think of this as a truck and you have to make sure that this little piece in the truck doesn't bounce all over the place because it, when it bounces all over the place, it becomes harder for you to hit. Absolutely. So make it as smooth as possible while moving as, as smooth as possible. And all you have to do is if you're, if you're slow is smooth and smooth is fast. So go slow, make it smooth. As soon as you make it smooth, you'll continue to make it fast. Yeah. Like that's all, that's all that is, but it's shit. I mean, that took me a couple of years to understand too. I didn't really understand it until I started actually doing it more often. Then I was like, fuck. Um, and I remember CQB was the same way. CQB was literally like, it was ingrained in me. I remember having to teach it to privates I and mean, it, would, it would drive me nuts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I loved it, but that's just me. But anyway, I don't think we got any more else to talk about. We've been on here for what, an hour now? That sounds good, man. It was good talking to you. <laughs> it's I got good talking more to work too. to jump into. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, um, I hope you guys have a wonderful night and uh, keep us you know, tag us on Instagram or anything like that. You can hit up Mike at Heat Holders Houston. I am hoodlums underscore gun underscore bench on Instagram or hoodlums gun bench on YouTube. Um, you can find all of my stuff there. I am just a random, uh, I just post random stuff to YouTube, what I love to do. And I hope that you guys like to do it with me. Um, and then Mike is a pretty awesome dude. Heat Holders, HTX, Heat whatever he'll say that in a second but um mike does some awesome pistol work stuff he's always got a 320 that he's fucking with somewhere so if you're if you're into either of those territories i'm really hoping that we can we can mesh on on what we like um but i i hope to to bring um mike more into the rifle and he's hoping to bring me more into the pistol so i think that at some point we will definitely collide at that point i really want to do a rifle class with you i think that would be pretty awesome so Go ahead, close it up on your end, and I will I will lead us out, Mike. All right, everyone, stay dangerous. Uh, yeah, definitely get out and shoot. It's getting warm. Uh, be aware, you know, this episode was about why we train. So I hope you take to heart some of the things we said because, yeah, shit is real. <laughs> you could see it for yourself. We're not on here exaggerating or just making jokes. 
We're out here buying real bullets and shooting real targets because unfortunately you may need to do that one day to defend your own life and or your families. So, mm-hmm. you know, stay dangerous, everyone. Until next time. Yep. And I completely agree with that. Uh, keep buying real bullets, um, but don't buy all of them. I still need stuff. Yeah, to train yeah I need that shit too. Sure. <laughs> so as always, guys, uh, the reason why I say shoot him in the face is because no alive yeah, Russian is a good Russian, uh, but shoot him in the face. <laughs>